Hey guys, cult leader of the Pop Cult Pod here, and one of your hosts for We Were Phoenix, Tom here. Just to say, first of all, a very big thanks for uh, the response to part one. All the positivity and support really meant a lot and really confirmed what I always felt, which is that Phoenix meant a lot to a lot of people. Ultra should say, yes, that's right. This is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, it is well worth your time going back. Speaking of parts, I said this was going to be four parts. Still kind of in the editing phase, and I'm not entirely sure. It might be a lean three instead of a flabby four, but we'll kind of see how it goes. There'll definitely be an episode next Friday, so be sure not to miss it. Also should say, as I could, as you can imagine, this was not recorded with the intention of being multiple parts. So my legal counsel has told me, if you're playing the drinking game, drink responsibly. Don't, don't binge every week we do this, okay? But if you are playing it, the rules are as follows. If we get a message from someone who is paranoid with Butch Armstrong, take a drink. If we mention another wrestling promotion, take a drink. If we mention someone's real name instead of the wrestler name, take a drink. And if you learn a bit of trivia from Phoenix Wrestling, take a drink. And finally, if things get a bit emotional, finish your drink. Things might get a bit emotional this episode, but we will say we're going to pick up where we left off with last week, talking about other promotions and dream imports. Let's go. I mean, speaking about other promotions, here's a bit of trivia if you're looking for a drink, if you're get, your whistle's getting a bit dry there. First ever title defended in Phoenix. Oh, I know this. Uh, do you know? Um, Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was there even one? ICW. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah DCT yeah. Uh, in the oh! main event of the second show, right? That's um, right. DCT is the man. That went out live on the ICW Facebook really? stream as well, yeah. Jesus, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to ask this, like, there wasn't too many imports. Well, obviously, we had imports from, um, who were kind of on the Cork scene a fair bit anyway, and of course, on the last one, we had Scotty Tuhali and the, the odd mm. one. Mm. Was there any dream import you never got? The one that got away? Dream bookings and all that kind of stuff, yeah. There was a loads of imports that we probably would have thought about. Um, but everyone that we kind of aimed at to a certain degree, we got, right? Mm. Um no, there was one like OTT or or OTT, right? They're at a different level. They're 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 not a they're not a regional promotion. They're a national promotion, if if not the biggest promotion in Europe. So, we're not competing with them. Is never was never in the remit. But we would. I did have plans and thoughts about doing a big show in Limerick if we had, if we were able to build the Limerick scene to an extent where we would do somewhere like the Milk Mart, right? Um, which would be about five or six or seven hundred people an outdoor show. And I did want to do Matt Cardona, and I had contacted Matt Cardona as well. Like, and we had, you know, but but when we were chatting, it was more we were still we were back in the keynote. We were going away from that type mm-hmm. of scenario. We didn't have the draw to be able to kind of afford his wage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't take the risk. Um, but it's still like. I still think if we really put our minds that we can do Neptune Stadium in the next, oh, yeah. in the that, next two or three that that's, never that's the aim, right? With, fade away from and, and um uh, and Matt Cardona versus Dino Power or something. <laughs> who, who knows? But to be fair, if I was if I was really dream booking, I would have loved I would love to have got Goldust and uh, Goldust and, and I would have had Justy wrestle Goldust. No, I'm great. Um there was another train of thought actually was um Don't go down the Tommy Dreamer road now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was um it was us the the chant the chap for um, GCW. 
Which uh, one? Nick Cage? Nick Cage. Nick Cage and Steve Savage was one we were thinking <laughs> about as well. Yeah, no, it was, in fairness, yeah, in fairness. And it was other stuff, but the, the people we never, we, we, we generally didn't want to aim too much because we, we wanted to use the air scene. Yeah, Why would we? We have, we'd yeah. session Matt Martina. Um, um, we had Steve Savage and Nimerick. It was a great draw. We had Justy, we had Terry Thatcher, we had our own, yeah. we had our own homegrown people as well, and people in Cork. A lot of the Cork people were just as overly raving. Yeah. Yeah. always got a massive pop. Look at the pop Raven Creed got when she won the Empress Belt yeah. at yeah. Christmas. Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest pops we've ever heard of. Marion Armstrong's pop, Insane. Mr. Charlie's that constant pop. I know a thing or two about an entrance myself, like, that's the honest, you know what I mean? I might Who be able to wrestle my way out of paper bag, but goddammit, I can come to the ring, you know what I mean? I think you can wrestle with it. But, um, no, like, so, I think we were, the only one that I contacted that w w was something we went, did and we didn't do was Mark Cardona. Okay. Um, but the Scotty Duhati was was the dream, wasn't it? Yeah. And when nice. I yeah, oh Eric Young as well. I contacted Eric Young, but we didn't oh. get the we didn't get the day. It wasn't that we didn't go, pull the trigger. He wasn't available on the day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about uh, Limerick shows there. Limerick. Uh, I mean, Limerick was on your radar almost straight away. It was like the third yeah. show ever was a Limerick show. Um, yeah. And you did a show in Waterford as well. Mm -hmm. Like, what was the thinking behind moving like out of Cork? And was there plans to move? even further out of Cork like outside of Munster mm, not really mm. there was there, there was a there was a t there was a tote or a talk about maybe doing something in Galway yeah. I was mm, exploring it that, yeah. um, but not to any great great extent really Covid kind of got in the way of that was it, it? lots yeah. of things got in the way of it the fact is I just couldn't be bothered in the end really because mm. um, why would you like do you know what I mean yeah. uh, we needed to stick what what made us the bread and butter and that was I felt the keynote now when we were first setting it up right we we decided that we wanted to go to Limerick as well. We know Steve Savage was a good draw in Limerick because the CCW had done a he show there, and, he, show, yeah. and and Steve was resting quite uh, his debut. Yeah, and he, he was he was coming he was coming hot as well. You know what I mean? Mm. So we gave him some. We he had some really good. He had some banger matches in Limerick against yeah. the LJ Cleary and and that whole um and that whole gimmick that was with his knee, but his knee was genuinely injured. Mm. He injured his, he, I can't remember the, the extent of the injury, but the very first time he got into the Phoenix ring in Douglas on a Sunday, he, 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 he ruptured his knee. And the man couldn't wrestle for about six to nine months yeah. afterwards. Yeah. You know, so he was like, and he put on some very decent shows, performances, even that he was injured. So we always knew that we could do Limerick and we had Dolan's Warehouse. Um, and then, I mean, we knew the draw would be okay in Limerick, even though it kind of dwindled towards the end. But I just think Limerick's a tough place to draw, you know. Mm -hmm. Then we decided we were going to go to Waterford because we had. We had two options there. We we knew we'd Burnsy, who was a local boy, and I was in contact with Rocky Starr as well, um, who we tried to get for the first show, but we got nailed for the second show. Um, so we tried. We just we, we just tried it. You know, it didn't draw. Um, it's a tough place to draw. I think we were probably trying to do too much at the one time anyway. Mm. Like three weeks later, we were in Limerick, and next time we were at Cork, and I, we were like. So our heads were fucking spinning towards the end uh, at that time we definitely and that's my fault I got way too enthusiastic um, uh, and started booking venues all over the place and Luke kind of to be fair um, 
I think he didn't want to punish my enthusiasm, you know, but I was mm. like, we got this book, this book, this book. And I'd, I'd say he was probably going, fuck it, this lunatic, I'm going to just <laughs> maybe take a month off. But um, That's what you do, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? My greatest, my, my, my greatest weakness is my over-enthusiastic yeah. approach. And I'm there going to RCW. I will do three shows a year. I've already now said we're going to do one every second month, so that's seven. And like, by the time January comes, we'll be out of a full schedule <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. No, but... Show. That's basically the way we, we tried to we tried to be a, a monster promotion instead of a Cork one, and I think we 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 generally managed to do that. Yeah. Um, and we moved the school to Limerick. We again. didn't get into the Clare market. Clare we didn't, market. but we were nearly there. Myself and Steve uh, were looking at uh, Kilkee at one point last year to do Bash at the Beach, or Bashed at the Beach gimmick infringement. Uh, towards not this summer, the summer before. But Clare Championship Wrestling. Wasn't it? Clare Championship. There you go. So we listened. We always had ideas, and we were always we always wanted to solidify ourselves. Well, for me now personally, it's Corks where it's at because um, I don't really have the time or the the personal space to go try to build more territories. Corks where it's at, and that's where we're going to stay. For me, anyway, in particular, and I know the boys in Hard Knocks will be in Limerick, and very best of luck to them. We can't talk about Cork wrestling though without talking about the first lady of Cork wrestling, mainly because she probably shank us. Well, she's probably going to do that anyway. But she's a former Memphis champion, former OTT champion, straight out of hell. Here's a message from Raven Creed. Phoenix wrestling and myself. Didn't always agree on everything. We definitely didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But I have a whole lot of amazing memories from there that I really wouldn't trade for the world. Um, Some of those memories include uh, a lot of matches that I'm insanely proud of. Most recently uh, being me, myself and Anita Vaughn for the Empress Women's Championship in Cork when she won it. Um, That was kind of like, that was a tough match. Um because of, we'll just say, lots of bullshit. Um, But it was a very creatively kind of fun match in a way. Um, Crowd booed the absolute fuck out of her at the end, which is all I really wanted. I'm genuinely very, very proud of that match. So another match I'm really proud of is myself, Billy Bedlam and William versus Session Mont Martina, Fabulous Nikki and The Session Puppet. I don't really do a lot of like comedy matches. I'm not a I'm not a funny wrestler or a person. Um, a lot of my matches involve getting punched in the face and punching other people in the face uh, really hard. So to do something like this, it's it's online for free. I would very much recommend anyone searching it out and watching it. It's absolutely crackhead fun. It's just a bit dumb. It's honestly one of my favorite matches. It's one of the funniest matches I think I've ever seen. And it's the closest I've gotten to wrestling Session Mont Martina. Another very kind of personal one there for me is being able to have Corey Wall, Corey Jeffrey, CJ Jeffrey, Omega, whatever the fuck his name was. Um, I had Corey's last match. None of us knew at the time it was going to be his last match. Um, and you can watch it again if you want. This is probably one that people don't really know. Uh, it, But it is in the Unlocked Stocked and Two Meters Apart or whatever the fuck that show was called. Um, in front of like 30 people unnecessarily fun violent <laughs> match um, very kind of um, maybe needed a bit of a bigger crowd but both of us were just like feck it we're, we're buddies we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a sick fucking match um, so I was glad that I got to be that for him because uh, he was the first friend that I really made in wrestling so it's maybe it's appropriate it's it's nice little end to that little story and this is a match that I'm very, very proud of. Maybe a lot of people don't know what happened, 
But I wrestled Michael May once in the Michael May Open Challenge. And it's one of my favorite matches because it, it's just one of those things that like everything that I wanted to happen happened. Everything like went kind of perfectly. Everything went the way I wanted to in my head anyway. Um, and obviously Michael May is one of the best wrestlers in this country and he's so easy to wrestle. Um, it was just a fucking amazing match. And as well, I look at that sometimes and think like, where else would book Raven Creed versus Michael May? Like, I can't think of a single fucking promotion that would do that. And it was a really, really good match. Uh, well, I think so anyway. Um, don't know if you can watch that one. I don't think I've ever actually watched that back. No idea where the fuck it is. If anyone fights it, please tell me. And outside of matches, something, other things that I'm really proud of, like, I love a good fucking entrance. I'm a dramatic bitch. Um, and one of my favorite entrances that I've ever done, I think it was my only themed entrance in Phoenix, was... Um, like a ring theme it's not a wrestling ring the movie the ring where you one crawls out of the tv and it's all fucking creepy um i did that i crawled out of the tv um i had to crawl underneath where the the titan tron titan tron fucking screen was in the kino um i had to crawl underneath there like through dirt and i had to wait for everyone to do their entrances and i'm terrified of fucking small spaces and spiders that was fucking horrible but it was all worth it when i popped out from under the screen and everyone looked and was like oh fuck she came through the screen and I just heard one guy next to me go oh fuck got fucking terrified and I was like ah fuck it's worth it the spider's crawling on me and I'm scared for life but it's fucking worth it and the last memory I'm gonna share is from the first anniversary show of Phoenix um the main event uh originally I wasn't even supposed to be like wrestling on that show or I don't think I was supposed to be doing a whole bunch on that show and it just kind of everything aligned in the perfect or bullshit kind of a way. Um, basically, I got to do one of the coolest things in the world, which was dress up like a unicorn and interrupt the main event and then try and act like a badass dressed as a unicorn. I did a massive pull apart fucking spot. Yes, I am Brock Lesnar um, dressed as a unicorn, like with the head, the big bodysuit and the head taken off. There is a unicorn screaming and cursing and trying to be violent and everyone bought in. And it's honestly one of my favorite moments in wrestling. It was just such a badass, cool moment. And I got to do it all dressed as a unicorn. So that makes me even more badass and cool. Yeah, some, some great memories from Raven there. I mean, that that puppet match was amazing. I actually watched it back as soon as you mentioned it. I was like, God, I haven't watched that in ages. And it still holds up amazingly well. I have to give it out to Corporate Keen with... One of the most amazing lines as soon as Puppet Slash he says something to the effect of like, oh, Osprey and Ricochet, eat your heart out. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, I also feel like a fucking idiot because I just now realised how she did the ring entrance, to be honest, uh, which was amazing. I think I know her better, mm-hmm. or she knows me better than anyone else probably in wrestling in, that, in those terms because we were in therapy in CCW. We had the therapy reunion in Limerick um, and we had some, we've had some, some, some definitely difference of opinions. Um, but I think her passion for wrestling and my passion for wrestling, I think we always respected each other um, and, and whatnot. And I think she's going to be an integral part of RCW going forward. Um, yeah, she's had some banging matches and, and again, different times and different perspectives, you know, maybe different different conversations maybe should have had it happened at certain times between two pretty stubborn people who have their own ideas of wrestling and but there's no wrong there's no wrong situation there you know it, absolutely yeah. um but like she's an integral part of the cork wrestling scene always has been and i just caught up in her last week actually and we had a good chat and 
I think she'll be an integral part of RCW going forward. Hopefully so. I mean, Raven Creed, for, for a lot of people, is core pressing, so I'm sure they'll be delighted to hear that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the, the, the Empress Championships and the Empress Tournament, uh, mm. uh, I mean, one of the things that was just most amazing about that was just how kind of long it went on and how much it showcased everyone. It felt like everyone benefited from being that. What was the, the, the thinking going into it of having uh, the Empress title be the, the first title of Venus? It was, uh, the Empress belt was, I suppose, born out of, do you know the way CCW booked the women's division? Yeah. That was shit. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and I was, uh, myself and Emma were, our Ravens, I Creed, uh-huh. uh, were um, obviously very much involved in that from a therapy perspective. So, you could see how little thought went went into that, and I suppose we were making a decision. Okay, well, we want to. We we don't want to do that. We we have some very talented women in Ireland. We wanted to get more. Uh, we wanted to get more um, spotlight on the the women in the Irish scene, and we were booking an awful lot of them anyway. So we decided to put that tournament together, um, and we had we had actually some other people uh, booked at some point as well in the original tournament. The original names had Rio O'Reilly on it, but she got injured, and also had um, a couple of other people. I want. There's no point in mentioning um, some other names because they're in WWE now, brother. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, um, it was just the way it went, right? With injuries and whatnot. But but that's we we committed we committed to Debbie Keitel early, right? Mm-hmm. We identified her and Justy as our as our as our number one on each division early. And we told them early before any tournament. So it wasn't it? Nobody ever. It wasn't anybody that um, kind of. As a matter of fact, we gave them the belt because that's all we were left with, or anything like that. We 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 decided Debbie was our our our, our number one, uh, Empress straight away, and um, we just built the tournament to 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 kind of to to kind of cave it that or to not cave it to just kind of work around that. Then you know what I mean? Um, and we had we ticked all the boxes. The girls we wanted to have involved. And we had a banging main event in our first show. And it was a testament, I suppose, to a lot of Luke's vision as well in, that, in regard to uh, in the early year and two years of when the two of us were really booking it. Um, the vision that we had for the main event was Debbie and Amy Lanzi, and it really worked. I mean, that programme between Debbie and Amy, uh, with Raven kind of tangled in the middle of it, uh-huh. was absolutely amazing. I, I actually went back and watched that match again as well. And... Even like the matches, like the promos, it's been burnt into my brain. That line from Raven, where she says she wants Debbie to get the title, so she feels like she's in heaven only, so you could drag her to hell. Yep, that's just absolutely fantastic. It was it was everything you could want from a wrestling program, and it really felt like something where you could not miss a Phoenix show mm. to see the next step in the Embers tournament. It was yep. absolutely phenomenal. I couldn't say enough positive words. I could probably talk about this all day. I give uh, <laughs> I give Marion Armstrong. Uh, do you notice where we flop? Luke and Marion so often yeah. without even you know, man, I know, many hats and other people you kind of go oh I'm sorry and then but him, it, just, it just depends what the sentence well, that's because his name on fucking Twitter is like it's both names it, it changes all the time it changes all the time who are you Luke Luke yeah, Armstrong you, <laughs> um, but to be fair he is um, he's a very good at the production side of things as well from a video video perspective look at the total Armstrongs right and, and, and a lot of a lot of the videos from therapy in fact all of the videos for therapy were produced by Marion Armstrong. I don't think I, until until post COVID, I didn't I didn't do any promo as of, of myself on, unless he was involved. Um, and I think when he when he when he when he wasn't involved after COVID, even though the the production the, the production at the show, I thought 
because the way I kind of switched it around a little bit in the circus factory and bought all the, the, the different lights in the introduction to Fion, I think that upped uh, to a different level. Yeah. But our video packages and whatnot, I think, kind of so our promo delivery is what I mean, um, really kind of, I think, suffered, and, and Raven being one of them as well, mm-hmm. um, because I don't think... I don't. I, Marion Armstrong was brilliant at producing yeah. promos for myself, Therapy, and Raven, and he did a great job of producing promos for the entire Empress Tournament as well. Um, I am happy to say that Marion Armstrong is on board with RCW as uh, in production. Um, so um, we'll be hopefully seeing some 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 Raven Creed promos in a field and in, in a graveyard again, and maybe Billy Bedlam. <laughs> In a boat or something, you know what I mean. So, but anyway, just just to caveat from that. I mean, he's a great he was a great guy to have around from a production perspective. Mm-hmm. And and Emma's uh, Raven Creed's um, promos, you know. Yeah. And when the two of them get together, they, they make magic. I think. Amazing. I mean, I, uh, just on the note of of Marion Armstrong and the Armstrongs, the Armstrongs. We watched the Armstrong kind of explode in Phoenix, mm. um, which was absolutely shocking to me at the time. Certainly, we had about we were six months of Phoenix, and then. They exploded, and yeah. What was the thinking about that? Why, why, why exactly was that the idea? Do you think was there really? Was do, you want to, do, 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 do you want to really know? Go on. But Armstrong was going to Canada for summer. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was. I remember it was really funny because uh, it was it was just before a half time of a show when I we were there and I was watching it and all my friends went out for a smoke and I was still hanging out there and uh, you know the the way the keynote is set up, you mm. know the every, the rest of us have to walk kind of ever along the side of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got out there just to see, you know, Luke walk, Marion, <laughs> yeah. walk, walk down the side of the building. And I swear to God, he must have thought, like, I, I treated him like he'd come out of a funeral. And he was like, it's grand man. <laughs> but it was a, a, a shocking moment um, uh, to witness. I mean, the Armstrongs had kind of everything. I got to see them like, coming into to Phoenix and then seeing, yep. you know, all that kind of play out. Bedlam, as far as favourite matches go in Phoenix, one with you and one without We'll do with you too, sir. One with you and one without you. I suppose you asked me earlier... And I, I, I had, and to no fault, fault, man, I'd forgotten about the, that match you had with Zuba Corey. That was a banger. Yeah. That was a banger. That, that was, that's a bit of a, not everything is, like, that was, a, that was a real sad thing that happened with Corey, unfortunately. I mean, there's, there was a couple of incidents where we he was about to wrestle on a show. And yeah. when, he, when he first started getting the episodes, it actually happened in the keynote the very first time anyone ever saw it. Like, my my heart goes out to him because he was genuinely fucking super talented, yeah. and a very very nice guy to have around the place. And um, it's just a shame that he never got to fulfil his potential and live his dreams in yeah. in the rest Corey of the scene. Tra- trained me like the first couple of months. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. 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 I was yeah. going to say like I mean when it comes to core wrestling, at least in my mind because because of when I came into Corey, I always felt like kind of a a pillar of core wrestling. He trained Absolutely, so many people. Yeah. He was one of the yeah. nicest people. Super talented. I've ever met. And yeah, well, super talented. He, he was probably one of the most talented in the country. You know what I mean? If if Easily, if yeah. things have been different, circumstances and everything, if things have been different, there is no doubt in my mind, Corey Wall would have been the, one of the best wrestlers in this country, and he would have been destined for, he's as good as or anybody that goes into WWE or anything. Yeah. He had everything. One hundred percent. He had everything. No, unfortunately, with health and everything, and circumstances aren't different. That's life. But, um, he was a great guy, and um, it was it was it was tough. He's gone by many names over his time on the Cork wrestling scene, from Omega to Axel Jeffries to Corey Jeffries. But to most people, he's a pillar of the Cork wrestling scene, not just because of his own strength, but because of the support he provides others. Let's hear from Corey. Moments, memories, things about Phoenix wrestling that I guess we're thankful and grateful for. Um, 
Unfortunately, I never got to say goodbye to wrestling. I never got to say goodbye to wrestling over medical conditions. Um, but I spent six to seven years on the Irish wrestling scene. Mostly based out of Cork with CCW and Phoenix Wrestling. And when CCW closed down, Billy Bedlam and Luke saw how much, how much the rest of us really wanted this. Um, and how scared we were that we just lost everything. Uh, so they legitimately put their hands in their own pockets and created, created Phoenix for wrestling. Um, memories are an understatement. Memories are things that you can fondly look back on. But with what we had down there and the friendships that, that I've gained out of there, it's, it's lifelong moments. Um, I was 16, 15 when I came out to the lads and to the girls. Um, to be honest, I was really scared. I didn't know how they would react, but each and every one of them pulled me in. Um, <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional. Um, pulled me in and told me that that's all right. Just as long as you remember how to wrestle. <laughs> uh, and from that moment, confidence just grew and grew and grew. Um, I have a lot of thanks to pro wrestling. Because I wouldn't be the man that I am today without it. Um, to, to the people from Raven Creed. Uh, you know, you know right how much you mean to me. Uh, your first day in me and you, we pulled each other and need each other's wings. And we never looked back from beating the crap out of each other. Uh, you always taught me the best. You always pushed me to my max. For that, I'll be forever grateful. Um, to my great, I guess, tag team partner who unfortunately ended the night by kicking me in my face um matt skyler yeah we uh we had more ups than we had downs like i said the last down was you putting me down but bro me and you got to travel the entire country together we got to wrestle over multiple promotions and phoenix was our home promotion just i guess we're just sad that we never got those titles down there huh um, Luke, I gotta thank you for when it comes to promo class, not just myself, but with everybody, you know, you, you really taught us to not be scared of what we say, even though it was like verbal diarrhea coming out of my mouth. And to, to the guys now that I see that are just making their names, that should have been making their names. From from bedtime back, you know, guys like like Sam the Shab, um, Dino, Niall, uh, Butch. Sorry, I I done messed up there on that one. Um, and Anita, Anita girl, all I see what you're doing out there, and you're taking over. And I told you you'd take over. It's impossible to just be thankful 
and to talk about your favorite moments or anything like that because there's just been so many. Um, I'm sad that I never got to say goodbye to pro wrestling the way I wanted to, but I'm so eternally happy that thanks to Phoenix and thanks to the monster wrestling scene and to the Irish wrestling scene, I got to say hello to people that I'm going to have in my life for the rest of my life. Thank you, Phoenix. Thank you, Billy Bedlam. Thank you, Luke. And to everybody else, just keep killing it. But thankfully, before, you know, the whole medical situation got to take away pro wrestling from myself, I did get to have that one match with Scotty Davis. And... I'm not, I'm not lying on that, on that night, the emotion that I felt, you know, going into the match, during the match and after the match, I cried, uh, but cried in a good way because even at the end of the match, when I was sitting in the middle of the ring, I looked over to all the lads from Bedlam to Luke to Dean, um, and I saw their emotion on their face because I was, I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to do that again. Um, and the fact that I got back to doing it and I had the chance to like tear down one of the best in Irish pro wrestling. Um, and that's something that that would be forever in my mind. Also the fact that Matt came out at the end of the night and said it to super kick me in my face, but in the long haul, <laughs> I guess it was all worth it. I mean, I would say if you didn't have, you know, the pleasure of of seeing Corey as a performer, I think as a person there, his heart really shines through. I think he was someone who was such a positive impact on the scene and the people he met. Um, it's a shame things went the way it did. But I mean, that match with Scotty Davis, uh, which was the last major show we had before yep. lockdown started. I just remember that, like, first of all, it was one of the best matches I've seen live. I say that without any shred of doubt in my mind. Um, and I remember just sitting over because we all knew that this was a match we might not see with Corey very often again, or who knew. But I remember we were, I was next to Bedlam and I was next to Luke watching it happen. And it was just, it was something so special to see live. And then, of course, Matt Squader came out and kicked him in the face. Uh, and it felt so real. I did not know that was going to happen. And it was like. Hmm. I, I genuinely was like, oh, yeah. I actually fucking hate Matt Skyler now, I think. We were yeah. trying that for ages, Matt Skyler sucks. I know, I've kind yeah. of popped that on now. But, you know, it took me long enough, but Jesus, I mean, yeah, what yeah, an amazing... We love you, we love you man. Yeah, what an amazing um, message. And uh, As what match. he said at the end, it was all worth it. You Absolutely. Know I mean? It ties yeah. it together perfectly, do you mean? For sure. That's a, there was more to listen to that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love you, Corey. Corey was yeah, absolutely loving the bits. We've known him a long time. But like, it was one of those things that just shouldn't, like it's, it's a f- fucking, health issues are such a bollocks. Like, mm-hmm. like to, to, for him to, what we thought was 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 get get past a very serious issue and to go out there and have a match to, of, of, I didn't skip a beat like, no. and to, like he fucking killed it that day against Scotty Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't shed, I don't get teary eyed often at all. I got teary-eyed that night because I'm always an emotional prick anyway when it comes to wrestling. Mm-hmm. But he deserved that moment. Whatever else, yeah. whatever else happened in wrestling, 
he deserved that moment against the Gary Davis. And he, I, he, he was crying in the middle of the ring and the emotion that he felt was genuine and the yeah. crowd felt it. And Absolutely. it was a great moment in Phoenix history. Um, I hope you're listening to this, Corey. And I hope that you're, you know, things are okay with you and I hope that your your health is, is good, buddy. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, I, as you said, like it actually, the emotion was just in the room yeah. that night and it made it for such a, an amazing match. And like the match itself technically was obviously amazing, but the, mm. the feeling in the room watching it was just... Mm. indescribable I'm obviously, obviously I'm someone who can ramble on for ages but um, words escape me to describe uh, that moment there um, and the person who did kick Corey in the face uh, which sounds really bad uh, now, that uh, played, now that we played that really rough freak. emotional message now it's like freak. hey here's the guy who kicked him yeah. <laughs> it's like kicking a puppy oh sorry Matt before I pick my favorite Phoenix moment, I actually just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's ever you know come to a Phoenix show wrestled on a Phoenix show Helped on a Phoenix show, came training, you know, trained a thousand times, shared posts, interacted with posts, you know, because without all of you, there really is no Matt Schuyler because I probably would have left wrestling if it wasn't Phoenix Wrestling coming around because it's no secret that Cork Wrestling wasn't exactly the happiest place in the world before Phoenix. But when Phoenix came around, it changed everything. It created a positive environment that made you, you know, actually want to wrestle as opposed to hate wrestling. So I've phoenix wrestling and all of you people to thank as well for you know me still being around and letting me continue to do what i want to do uh, around the country so as for my favorite phoenix wrestling moments i have two i have a personal one and i have a general one so the, my favorite personal moment is actually from the late late show it was a very small show that was done in the original phoenix training gym in front of about 60 people with about 20 wrestlers and this room was tiny and it was a sweat box and it was a miserably hot day um and it was the best crack and on that show i got to wrestle terry thatcher which to this day is still my favorite match that i've ever wrestled and there is no recording of it there is no proof that it ever happened and to me that's amazing that there are about 60 to 70 people who can have seen my favorite match ever of myself and if we ever get the chance to do it again, I'd absolutely love to because it was an absolute blast and a half to do it. But my favorite moment in general has to be just another match. It's the Session Puppet William match. Oh my God, that match is so good. It is outrageously good for two puppets. And everyone in that match is actually, you know, from Raven Creed, Billy Bedlam, Session Matt Martina, Fabulous Nikki, Foxy. And of course, the two puppets, like who could forget that big, huge balcony dive? What an insane match. And genuinely, I think the greatest moment in Phoenix wrestling history. Puppets are going over, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that match is on YouTube if you want to check it out. Uh, amazing match. Uh, I also have to say, like the Late Late Show. I don't know. Did anyone ever get the joke with that, do you think? That it was such an early show. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the way we did it. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that until someone pointed out. I felt they like were so much fun, those um, Getting shows. With The Lad shows. Yeah. I mean, it was... I think I made my Phoenix debut on one of those shows. You did? Really? You did? Twisted Vision or Busted Crutch or whatever. What was the name of your tag team? <laughs> no, no, before that even. All right, sorry. That was Damaged Goods. <laughs> Damaged Goods. Damage goods. Undefeated oh. Damaged Goods. Yeah. No, it was against uh, one of you. Me? Really? It was against you and I had Sam as my manager when I was being, uh, I was being a scummer, but uh, yeah. Was that in a WrestleSlam show or was it a Gatton with the Lads one? That would have been... I don't know. Did we do those like two shows in one day kind of thing then? Oh, mm. yeah. Maybe so. We've wrestled a few times, Dean. A few debuts against you. Yeah, you always seem to squeak out the win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting you over, brother. Yeah, well, 
But Jeff, uh, Matt Skyler, a great guy as well. Um, we've uh, we've had a we've been up and down the road together a, a couple of, a bunch of times, brother. Yeah, he's a good good guy, great guy, great great passion for the business. Dina, you know him very well. I I, I know him to see, like yeah. <laughs> you know him to see for eight hours a day. I know, but like, could be serious for a moment. Fucking um, Skyler joined wrestling. I think he joined either the week before, or the week after me. We basically joined the exact same time, like in the grand scheme of things, and uh. So we kind of came up neck and neck. He was obviously around the Phoenix when I was gone mm. for, you know, got a part of a year. But, like, he's still the same person from years ago. Would you agree? Like, mm. yeah, in, yeah. in a good way, as in his, he's so enthusiastic and he really cares about all the little things that will really wreck your head. But, like, if you didn't have someone like him to care about those little things, then I think that would show at the end, you know? The only fault I ever had with him, and it's just, uh, he probably gets so involved in certain things from pure passion, it lets it, it kind of gets to him. Mm. And you can see it getting to him to a point where it's he doesn't even enjoy what he's doing anymore to a certain degree. But it's like, but he's so much talent and mm. he's so passionate about it. You can't fault him. Like, or just you know be, if you're around he's him infectious show, to be like, around him. And, you you want to do better around him because yeah. he, he wants to be the best. So you're like, yeah. you always want to outdo Skyler. But he's in the best in the best way. You need that. And that positivity is infectious. And uh, you know, yeah, Kirk. I would say one of the (laughs) first ever wrestling shows I went to was actually my first keynote show at CCW show. Probably one of Skyder's first matches as well. I had his first match actually. Didn't put put him over there either. An awful habit. I'm noticing a pattern here. No, he came flying over top rope and nearly kicked me in the head. <laughs> uh, which was great crack. I have a few messages here from people saying uh, something similar. I have a sort of message here from uh, Steve O'Sullivan who says that personal Phoenix highlight was I brought a friend to his first event and in the opener Lewis Gervin went for a dive, missed and landed on my friend. Not only did he break the folding chair he was sitting on, but knocked over four points we had between the two of us. My friend loved that and we attended shows together since, including the last one. Great times on Miss Phoenix shows in Cork. Uh, a lot of kind of uh, stories like that. I'm going to go to uh, JDP. Who, of course... Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, you mean Butch's tag team partner? Oh, sorry. Drink <laughs> from yeah, Titanic, that other promotion. I'm sorry, I assume everyone is just drinking. Well, no, he's, a, he's, he's his tag team partner in the Fight Factory. I'm oh, Billy man. Bedlam is Butch Armstrong's tag team partner oh, okay, in okay, Titanic. Okay. One half <laughs> of the Titanic tag does, team it champions. It does seem backwards, actually, when you think about it. tag team doesn't partners, isn't it? But, yeah, we're going to hear from promoter of Titanic Wrestling, one of the persons responsible for the big Titanic invasion up in Limerick. Let's hear from JDP. Some of the maddest things I've been involved with in pro wrestling has been to do with or caused by one Billy Bedlam. And that is a massive compliment. The first was when Courage cancelled a show and on the week of they cancelled it. And... I thought, oh, well, lost the booking. And then the next thing I know, I'm going to Cork and wrestling on a Phoenix show that was put together the week off by Billy and, and Luke. I don't know the ins and outs, but I mean, that just sums up the kind of the kind of guys they are. Um, and one of the funnest shows I've ever been a part of. Um, the One of the other things was the, the invasion in... Limerick, um, where myself, Stephen Carvel, Rocky Starr, and Blake Richards were hiding in a in a, in a cupboard, uh, waiting to do something. Which I mean, 
was pretty cool. Yeah, we just got the fuck up savage and uh, wreck wreck the place while uh, no one can stop us. And uh, you know you're getting a good reaction when a fan tries to attack you. Yeah. It's really good. And then the third craziest thing that I can think of that involves Mr. Bedlam was the Marion Armstrong return. You know, I've never showed up to a show and uh, been told, you know, this is what we're doing and I'm not telling you what's happening at the end. <laughs> uh, it was absolute chaos, but w- one of the funnest moments I've ever had and afterwards as well, like actually watching it back and the reaction. And, oh, it was absolute mental. So, uh yeah, fun times working for Phoenix. Uh, Billy Bedlam, absolute legend. One of the nicest people you ever meet. Uh, absolutely love having him up Titanic as well. Um, got it. The Phoenix is gone, but uh, a legacy Bedlam will leave behind will live on forever, as they say. Oh, and uh, Butch is a slut. Butch is a slut. That's all I want to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny when he talks about the invasion. I, I Sometimes I must be slow on the uptake of what's going on in the show. I'm not sure if I, how much I knew about the invasions and what happened. And I remember seeing him stuck into a fan. And I was the only person not laid out. Foxy was laid out. Mm. Just C and Steve were laid out. And I was like, I'm like do, I, do I go over and try to break this up? Do I get my ass kicked? <laughs> I was one of the many burly men locked in the dressing room. Yeah. It was many, many burly men locked in the room that day. Yeah, yeah we were. Would have been a different situation in the world. Like, the, the, JDP's a legend, actually. Yeah. We, got, we got on really well. Yeah. And um, um, just, to, <laughs> just to think about those couple of moments there, right? Like Steve the mad fucker was got got slammed in the ring at, in the when we were doing the invasion yeah. when they had stripped the ring, yeah. they had stripped the ring, no padding, and he was like fucking got got slammed power slam probably from JDP, fuck he's a tough guy. Anyhow, that was a really good moment in 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 the whole invasion angle and Limerick really really was on fire that night. Really, mm-hmm. that was a really enjoyable moment. Um, the courage thing, I'd forgotten about courage again. Just enough courage to perform. Just, just enough, enough courage to, to perform, perform, yeah. I have we, a note here coming here. So, just enough courage to perform. This was like two or three weeks after last year, 28 weeks later. Yeah. And then about two weeks later, just enough courage to perform. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much, how much back on you have to encourage. Like, courage was a short lived wrestling promotion in Dublin. Yeah. Um, Low Blows did a, a big breakdown of it at one stage, if it's still around. Um, yeah. Great idea. Courage was a great idea, yeah. badly executed. Yeah. Wrong people were in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the boys lost interest and fucked off. Yeah. Um, but that's what non-wrestling people have been in charge of wrestling companies do. Mm-hmm. Other people, <laughs> wrestling people involved in wrestling companies, they close and they form other ones straight away. Um, <laughs> but anyway. It's like a hydra. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Had you had any interactions with Courage before that? Before this all had kicked off and then there's just like... Well, I was booked. I was wrestling with Courage, like. Oh yeah, sorry, but like. Fuck's sake, like, Tom. I'm sorry, I didn't. I, I, I forgot. I'm going to Bedlam Raw, Tom. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do that for my Courage podcast. I wrestled JD. I wrestled JDP and Courage, Tom. From like a managerial perspective. Myself and one of the Nintendo Bros back before he was a saver. You know what I mean? And um, and the mad scientist John Bernard, but um, no. So we literally had a fucking mad idea. Let's do Courage Show. I mean, we were. I don't know what me and Luke really think this was going to happen. Yeah. Or were we only just saying it for the laugh? And then we were like, 
Well, we rocked around the entire length and breadth of Cork City into every venue and every arena that we could possibly. We got laughed out of it at one point in, in the Granary, fuckers. Um, um, uh, Luke, tell you a funny story about that some night where I just fucking walked away. I was just, I was, because she laughed, I was resting, ha 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 And Luke still tried to, still tried to talk to her because there was tears and I was just, I was gone out there, I just went, marched off. But anyway, we were going to do it in, we were going to do it in our, um, in our school. We were like, shit, there was more, that was that was there was more wrestlers backstage than it was at the Phoenix show, and that's a lot of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, the one good thing we came out of that, but the fact that it was a really good, fun fucking show, is we got the Circus Factory, because I went on, um, I went on uh, Red FM or ninety six FM, can't remember which one, and um, was on uh, in the morning show on telling them our predicament, blah blah blah. And suddenly the Circus Factory, we got the Circus Factory and we still have a great relationship. I know we're in the keynote at the moment, yeah. but we're, we will be back in the Circus Factory in the new year. They're mm-hmm. putting on a new floor and all that kind of stuff at the moment. Um, and then the Murray and Armstrong comeback, no one knew. I no, literally nobody. I, I confirmed that hair. Nobody I did, knew. I didn't tell any of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell anybody anything was happening. I had Marion get a taxi to the arena. I had my car parked down the road. He was in my car. Um... No one knew what was happening. Even the wrestlers at the end of the main event. I was, I was I, standing I, next to Butch Armstrong when it happened. And I looked at him and he looked at me like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew who was coming. And I, I just, I had I had a spotlight organised for the main door. I had, sorry, Fionn knew for the music and I was like, put that music down as someone like Batman. Or somebody. That's what it said on the run sheet as well. Batman, Batman. yeah. I think and people talk. Like, and I said it was a former Irish whip champion because technically speaking, he, he had a, a, an afternoon with the belt. They were like, oh, Vic Viper's coming back. This is blah, blah, blah. But uh, that was a genuine kayfabe music or a moment. And, uh, That's huge, yeah. He yeah. just came in and smashing, smashing people with the baseball bat. I think JDP was one of them. Might be the loudest. That was place I've ever been when that was the loudest pop I've ever heard. Blown yeah. off the place. Sure. I swear to God, sure. man. I was nearly crying. Like it was amazing. That's it for another week of We Were Phoenix. If you enjoyed this, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a positive rating on Spotify. And of course, if you're looking for more wrestling action, Rebel County Wrestling does our first show in the Kino, November 5th, with Aw Shit, Here We Go Again. Tickets available on eventbrite.e. Come back next week where we talk about putting on a show between two lockdowns, the first year anniversary show, and hear some more voice messages from many others. Not, not Mr. Charity. Never Mr. Charity. Like the devil. You're listening to a pop cult pod. I'm Bob Marcy now.